Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. I think that's significant that, uh, that, it, that God is lifted up in all that we do. Um, we, I was thinking about the best way of introducing this series that we're, well, not introducing this new series, but introducing tonight's, today's sermon. And um, I found a, a clip that um, really hits the nail on the head on it. So we're just going to watch this quickly. It's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me. And I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head. And it's relentless. And I don't know if it's going to stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there. Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing. You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. See, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just, sometimes it's like there's this achy, I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on. Ow. If you would just don't try to see things my way. So I, I know you've probably all seen that, but I just worth it. It's it's just such a good picture. And um, the thing I love about that picture is is just that there's an unwillingness for her to, to actually admit what's going on. And um, we, we can laugh at that and think that's, that's cute and that's funny, but um, I wonder how many of us have nails in our own heads that we kind of don't, we're not really willing or able to see or admit or even deal with. And um, so it's really interesting research has come out that suggests that you and I actually have uh, blind spots or things in our lives that are significant that we can't see, that, we, we, that are ob- obvious to everyone else, but not to us. And that's what we're going to define blind spot this morning as, uh, that there's, a, there's, there's a blind spots in our lives that are blatantly obvious. And I, I know there's people in your family, in your life, in your friendship circle, maybe in your, in your life group, that they've got this thing, this nail, that's so painful for everyone else to look at. Um, and it's just, you just want to speak truth into it, right? You know, if you've got a, a nail in your head, you'd kind of want that to be dealt with. It's not a good way of go, going through life. Um, but there's a, interesting research that su- su- suggests that you and I, on average, have three and a half blind spots each. You and me, some probably have more. I don't know how to get half, half a blind spot, but that's a statistical uh, value anyway. Uh, But we have three and a half blind spots that everyone else around us can see uh, that we can't see. So that's a bit of 
confronting news, isn't it? Like if you actually sit on that for a bit and think, okay, what is my blind spot? So we're going to do something very radical. I want you to turn around and tell someone next to you what their blind spot is. Go. No, please don't. No. <laughs> um, we, we, that's a really good way of doing a church plant. We, we just started 200 new churches. Uh, no, we don't, we don't want to be that honest. Uh, we're not ready for that. Um, but it's an interesting thought about how we engage with truth, right? How open are we to hear what others have for us? And I to continue that conversation further and say, how open is it, how open are we to hear what God has for us? Because we can have physical blind spots, we can have emotional blind spots, we can have things that we can't see about ourselves, but I guarantee there's a whole lot of things that spiritually we can't see in our lives that God is desperately wanting us to reveal to us problems that, that he's like, hey guys, hey Sam, I can't believe you can't see this thing, right? This nail, this, this big thing that's a big problem, can't you see it? And um, this, this is where we're going to go because we're going to look at today discipleship essentials, the role the Holy Spirit plays in revealing these blind spots in our lives, these significant things that rob us from the freedom and the joy of um, that these blind spots uh, keep us bound by. So that's where we're going this morning. So, and now Jesus, Jesus, uh, we're going we're gonna to flick to John 16. So if you've got your Bibles, we're going to turn to John 16. Um, Jesus was about to leave um, he was about to die and, uh, be, and then you know, come back to life again and then go back to heaven. And uh, he was telling his disciples, hey guys, I'm about to go. His disciples did not like this. This was a bit of truth. Jesus was laying a truth bomb at the feet of the disciples that they didn't like. They didn't want to hear this. They're like, Peter openly, in Matthew 16, he openly um, rebuked Jesus for suggesting that he dies and, and, and leaves them. And then Jesus has like got some nice harsh, harsh words for Peter about that, um, about not having the things of God in his mind. And uh, so we, we have these, these truths that Jesus is engaging his disciples, and we're going we're gonna to learn a lot through this, hopefully, in John 16. And um, this is a really cool verse. All right, so verse 5. My doobie whack is working. Awesome. Um, But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You see, Jesus is has his limitations on in the physical form, him being completely God, 100% God, but 100% human. I had this limitation that he couldn't be all, all places everywhere all at once. And so by Jesus going back to heaven, back to the Father, um, we, we are enabled to have his spirit at all times. And this is incredible news. You know, like Jesus could have stayed on earth. Like if you think about it, Jesus could have stayed on earth and continued to live out um, his life on earth, but he didn't because he knew what was better than Jesus on earth is the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. What's better than Jesus, like I often think, what would it be like having Jesus walk around amongst us? Well, the, the truth is, is the Holy Spirit, his Spirit of God, the advocate, is, is not just that walking amongst us, it's living in, in us. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and King, the Holy Spirit is, is, is in you. 
Now, we talk about empowerment later. You know, there's, there's aspects of empowerment. I'm still trying to understand the Holy Spirit empowerment, how it happens. It's, it's very easy to try and bring a formula to understanding how God works, but God isn't bound by our formulas, amen? He's not stuck by how we understand Him. He's not stuck by our theology. Uh, but His Spirit does seem to empower people in different ways and at various stages after the fact. And uh, that, that's, a, that's a whole other sermon series. we get into that as well. But uh, really, really important that we understand that if you've saved you've, and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and King, you have the Holy Spirit in you. And, uh, and that is that starting place of rev- the revealing of God's truth in your life. That is good news. That is, that is better than Jesus walking around us and amongst us. All right. So he, he, I've come up with three and a half blind spots that I see in the Scripture. Um, we've got three and a half in our lives, but there's three and a half blind spots or significant things that I think that God wants us to see and to be made aware of as we allow the Holy Spirit as advocate to speak truth into our lives. And this is the first one. Yes. It's obvious and significant. And then the obvious and significant in the sense that you might have heard the saying, uh, elephant, you know, we've got white elephants in our lives. You know, the, the thing that no one actually wants to talk about, the white elephant in a room. The thing about white elephants is that if you've got a white elephant in a room, it can kill. It's not something you, you want to have in your life. And so when we're looking at these, uh, these blind spots, it's, it would be wise for us to consider and act on. All right? You don't want to try and cohabitate with an elephant in your room. It is not good for anyone. And so we, these are the three and a half blind spots that we, we want to talk about this morning. Uh, the first one is this, in verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear. So Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, I've got to, I want to tell you more, but you're not at the place or ready to receive. You're not able to hear more. And this is the first truth I want to look at. A truth is not a weapon to wield, but an experience to enter in on. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. Truth ultimately is in the person of God. That is ultimate truth. Now, we have lots of little, little t truths that operate. And, and we, in some sense, truth is really important in countering the lies of the enemy. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about experiencing the truth. That God wants us to not just know of him, but to experience his truth, his reality, his fullness of life is something that we don't just look at, but we participate in. That is because of the Holy Spirit. That is exciting. Amen. I'm excited. I hope you're excited by that reality that it's not just something we use. Uh, but so often we, we can look at truth and think, oh, how do I use this, this nugget of truth in a situation? How do I confront with truth? And I think the heart of it, ultimately the heart of truth is that we experience God's goodness, His truth in our life, His identity that we take hold of and we understand our identities as we get to know Him more and more. So we pursue truth not to be weaponized, but to be authentic and to have integrity and to lay hold of God's plans. Uh, What God has revealed to you isn't necessarily your right to impose on others. That's a a big one. Um, God will reveal different things to you in a season of life you're in that you need to hear. Doesn't necessarily mean that your revelation of God is appropriate to put on someone else on their journey and their revelation and their journey with God. So we need to be gracious in how we use truth. It's not a weapon. 
Okay? Good point, Sam. I like it. Fantastic. Uh, verse 13. Uh, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. And this is the second thing. Truth is revealed, not deducted. You can't deduce truth. And, and what I mean is, is that the, the Jewish people knew about God. If you were to say intellectually, how much would, did they understand in the Old Testament? Uh, probably a whole lot more than what we do. The average Jewish boy, by the time they age, reached age 12, was able to memorize the first five books of the Bible. That's significant. I don't, they're big books. Genesis has got like 50 chapters. Uh, so there's significant amounts. And so we, we, we're talking intellectually, the Jewish people had an incredible grasp of God in the Old Testament. And yet they missed the Messiah coming. And this is not, I'm not picking on the Jewish people. I'm just saying that that's humanity. If we try to work God out with our intellect alone, we're going to miss what he is doing. So truth is something that is revealed by the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, the, the truth of God is going to work in harmony with his revelation in Scripture. So you're not going to get a different truth. The Bible is going to affirm what the Holy Spirit is doing. So we use that. They work together in harmony. If God is revealing something to you to say, you know, go out and do something horrific, and it's contrary to the Word of God, then don't do it. You're obviously hearing wrong. So we, we, as we start to journey and we build intimacy with God, we start to hear His Spirit leading, speaking, talking to us with a greater clarity. Okay, so it works in that way. But you can't sit down and argue someone into faith. If you can, someone else can argue them out of faith with human intellect alone. But it's a revelation God brings, which is incredible, which is life-changing. You can't argue with an experience with someone has. And uh, that has been my experience. It's like God revealed himself to me at a young age that he was real. I didn't understand anything. I was, I was six. I just knew that God was real. Unshakable. I just I can't, I can't explain. I can't even find the words to. I can't convince you of that because that's my experience. That God was just so real. He presented Himself. He just gave me the biggest hug of comfort, and I just knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that He is He is real and He is good. Um, and then you can build your theology on that. Uh, but truth is revealed, and um, so what I'm saying is is that the pursuit of truth intellectually is, is, is not a bad thing per se. So I am all for you studying scriptures. I'm all for you getting in and under, trying to understand and unpack the riches of God because the Bible is alive and living and full of incredible revelation. But ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit that gives us that revelation. Okay, so we need to be open. What I'm saying is we need to open, read the Bible with spiritual eyes with an openness to hear beyond what we think the text is saying. So they work together in harmony. And it's, um, sometimes we, we can over-focus on one or the other. We can, we can read the Bible and think, oh, you know, randomly God speak to me, open up, grab that verse. Um, I, when I was at YWAM, I heard of a guy um, who, who did that. He opened the Bible and he's like, God speak to me, you're going to look at this verse. And um, he read the verse and it said, um, and Judas hung himself. <laughs> You've got to use discretion, right? Like it's, it's, it's reading and hearing from God. There's a wisdom of it. And uh, so we, we, we want to be wise, but we also want to be aware of the mystical nature of God. We, we don't define God. We can't constrain him. 
but he speaks in incredible ways if we are willing to, to hear his heart through it. Um, Jesus had been walking. Jesus had been walking with disciples for three years. And after three years, guess what? The disciples still didn't get it. Three years. And it's like, okay, well, you can look at it one or two ways. You can think, oh, Jesus, you, he could have improved. Maybe Jesus wasn't really good at communicating. That's not a good theology. That's not a good, and I don't subscribe to that, but it's, did, what was missing? Did Jesus' disciples, was it Jesus not able to deliver the message? No, not at all. I think it's the disciples weren't willing to hear what Jesus had for them. Uh, he, they weren't open. Uh, they didn't have the Holy Spirit active in their lives at that stage. And, and so in a sense, it's, it's just like you can hear all the, the, the most incredible sermon, but if the Holy Spirit's not activated, if you're not leaning into the Spirit, if you're not listening with spiritual ears, you're going to go away and think, that was a, the world's worst sermon. And it very well may be. But it could be the world's best sermon because God spoke and it spoke to you and your heart and your circumstances and your situations. This is how significant the Holy Spirit is, church. This is something that as a, as a Baptist church, Baptist churches are not known for speaking a lot about the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit is so central and key for the revelation, God's truth coming upon us and we're living that out. Uh, it is absolutely crucial that we lean in and listen it's not about human efforts. And we can extrapolate this out to all areas of life, right? Like even in worshipping God, like we could have the world's worst worship team up here, but if our heart is engaged with us in God, it doesn't matter. You can get lost in worship if, if, the, if the keys are right now. I think the team's doing an amazing job, Simon. Uh, but uh, the point is, is that it's not, about, it's not about the performance. It's about our attitude of our heart. Are we leaning in sensitive to the Spirit? And, and that's where worship, worship only happens when we, we get lost in it. We lose ourselves in it. Like, I didn't want to get up and preach. I was just enjoying sitting with God and just, like, that's, that's worship. But that's the spirit that we're leaning into, that we're, we're hearing, and we're, that the revelation that he's wanting us to live in and through. There's uh, Matthew 16, 16. Um, Jesus said to Simon, he said, oh, Simon Peter said to Jesus, he said, after three years of walking with him, he said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven. The revelation of Jesus is a spiritual insight that God gives. And so you can, you can try to argue someone into faith, but if the Spirit's not active, not moving. And so there's a lot we can do in that space. It's like we're not passive. We're not passive bystanders just waiting for God to move. But we lay hold of, we pray into, we intercede. There's a whole lot that we can do to really encourage the Holy Spirit to be center and foremost in all that we do. And the beautiful thing about this is, is the, the more the Holy Spirit moves in our hearts and minds as a congregation, the less pressure there is on your pastors, on your worship leaders, on your team, because we fade into the background as God gets promoted in our lives that is exciting we you know the, the a good preacher fades into the background it's not about them at all it's like emceeing i remember pastor paul said um when i was doing a um, bunch of wedding MCs. he said he said to me sam you need to fade into the background an MC is someone who who just orchestrates a connection or a group of ideas a group of things to happen 
but it's not about them. It's the same as church. Yeah, Simon's up here leading worship. I'm up here preaching. We're just empty. We're just trying to orchestrate a connection between you and God. But that is you and God as your heart condition. It's, it's not about how well we sing, how well we talk, how funny the sermon is. It's, and that's the condition of our heart. So I'd encourage us today, this blind spot that I'm talking about is, is having this hardness, this, this thing in our lives that stops us from taking hold of what God has for us. It's a giant nail in many people's foreheads that you just want to take out. Church, are you open to the Spirit speaking? Because being open is one thing, but actually leaning in is another. And uh, that leads me to the next one. Um, the next one is, I think it's great, um, and I think it's really, really significant. I think it's probably the most important of the, of the three and a half. And uh, this is it. You ready for it? Did you get it? Like, I don't know who was more awkward for you or me. Maybe it was awkward for you looking at me, thinking how awkward it was for me. Um, but in that moment, you guys were wanting to hear what I was about to say. In that moment, you, you're all, all your eyes are on me. Maybe you're sort of thinking, well, this guy's nuts. Maybe he's forgotten his lines. Maybe he doesn't know what he's talking about. That might all be true. But that in that moment, you were attentive, you were seeking, you were pressing into the message. And that is key. It's, it's this concept that I'll throw out that it's the power of the pause. It's that stopping to listen, stopping to hear. If we're not stopping to hear, we're never actually going to listen. See, there's a very big difference between between listening and hearing. Hearing is like you can hear lots of wonderful sounds in this life, but listening is seeking attentively for meaning. And, and we have this approach in our lives with the Holy Spirit. Are we seeking attentively, intentively for God's Spirit to speak to us? Are we leaning in, listening, or are we waiting for God to hit us with a four-by-two? There's a very, very big difference. And what's the posture of our heart? Are we waiting, wanting, expectant for God to speak? Because he's always wanting to speak. And this is another revelation. This is a whole other one. That God's Spirit doesn't stop speaking. We just stop listening. And we need to put these pauses in our lives. Um, they, they say in music, I'm not very musical, so you can quote, correct me on this one later. But um, music without pause is just chaos noise. You know, you, you only have music. You only have music because of the pauses. It's the pause between the notes that give it beauty. And I want to suggest today that in our spiritual lives, it's the pauses in our lives that give our lives spiritual beauty and definition and, and clarity. I want clarity in my life. Who wants to hear God speak with clarity? Me. Do we, church? Do we want to hear the Holy Spirit speak? Are we building of rhythms of pause in our lives that we actually stop and hear? I worked out the other day, I had some spare time that I sat down and worked out how many days in the Jewish calendar were um, intentional pauses in their rhythm of their lives. 
And it worked out to be 94 days of pause in the Jewish calendar. So of a whole year, 365-ish, because they're slightly different, but um, they have 94 days of stopping, of intentional pause, of, of, of celebration, of leaning into God. And they had a lot of rules behind that, but it was sacred space. And in that sacred space is this capacity to hear from God. And it's a beautiful thing. I've started a sacred space in my life. I've, I've not started, it's been going, but it's been redefined recently in the last couple of months. Uh, the sacred space in my life is I, I need to take time out of the chaos and crazy of all that is expected, all that happens in life. It's just me and God, and this is intentional pause. And um, I stumbled, we did this a couple of years ago at a leadership retreat, um, this thing called Lectio Divina. Has anyone heard of that? It's Latin for divine reading. And uh, Lectio Divina is a beautiful thing that I've incorporated into my quiet time with God. And it means basically stopping, pausing, soaking, meditating, chewing on God's Word. And, and it's not large chunks. And so basically with Lectio Divina, you, you take a one or two verses and you soak on it. You read it. And you stop and pause and let God speak to you through it. And then you reread it. And then you ask questions. And then you reread it and pray about it. And then you reread it and let it just soak into your soul. And uh, it's been really, really interesting seeing how much God has been speaking to me through the living word. Um, it's, it's in continual revelation that God is speaking. I can't believe how much God has been speaking. And this is the kind of revelation for me. And this is the nail that I've had in my head of, of just realizing how active the Holy Spirit is. How alive He is and wanting to speak and share and challenge and engage and, and, and care for us. But I just hadn't stopped to hear and pause and listen with an intent. And so I've got a copy of the Lectio Divina, um, how to do it, on the back chair as you go on your way out. I encourage you to take it and to, to build this into your life, to build this into your time with God that you stop. You know, you can modify the heck out of it and make it your own. Uh, but the whole point is, is that we build pause enough that we can start to value the Holy Spirit. If we start to value and prioritize the Holy Spirit as bringer of truth in our lives, revealer of truth, uh, then it will be a significant step for you in your life. The three and a half, the third one is this, fourth one, the three and a half, 3.5. The point five is this, <coughs> um, that our future is often held captive by past experiences. Uh, we, are often, we are often held captive and we're not captivated by God. And, and what I mean is this, uh, in the next verse it says, and he will tell you what is yet to come. What comes next? The Holy Spirit is going to reveal what comes next in our lives. But so often we can be held hostage by nostalgia. You know, I, I can think back to times when I first found my faith. And uh, not found my faith, but first came to faith. And um, I can try and recreate those moments, right? Like there was certain songs that I loved that I'm like, oh, they were really, they meant a lot. I mean, DC Talk, some of these 
old school bands that just like had, had really significant moments and I'm like, oh, how cool would it be if our modern worship was DC Talk back then? And I'm like, no, that's a nostalgia moment. That's not what the Holy Spirit is doing or drawing me into. That's me trying to recreate moments spiritually in the past. And, and we can be held hostage by ways where you like and, and comfortable and we've seen God work in the past. We can look at, um, we can look at how, how radical movements of God have happened and we're like, let's try and recreate that. We can hold on to the formulas that other people have used of, of engaging with God and miss the beauty that God has a unique relationship with you now going forward. See, the Holy Spirit is wanting you to bring you into His truth that's going forward. So I'm not saying we reject the past, but we don't let the past hold us captive to what He is calling us into. And I believe God is calling us your best years are yet to, uh, yet to come. However you, uh, old you are, God has got so much more for you going forward. Don't be held cap- hostage by the past. Uh, even our past theologies. I'm not talking about our foundational values and foundational theologies, but often we get caught up on things in the past that people have said, and we need to hold loosely to things that aren't central to our faith and allow God to call and challenge and grow us and uh, that is a really, really significant one. Um, in th- right throughout the Bible, Psalms, Isaiah, even Revelation, there's this concept of a new song. Uh, Isaiah, uh, sorry, Psalms 40 verse 3 puts it beautifully. He says, He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in Him. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just give us what we want to hear. The Holy Spirit is a revealer of truth that tells us what we need to hear. And to take us into the promised land, to take us into the new season of our lives, to move on. The Holy Spirit brings a challenge in our lives as we lean into Him. We need to let go of the things in our past that have been holding us. Awesome. You're still alive? Good, because we're nearly done. Um, I'll go recap, because recapping is awesome. The first one is that truth is not a weapon to wield, but an experience to enter in on. The second one is truth is revealed, not deducted. We don't deduct the, the God. We don't try and work him out. We, we, we understand and we grow in our theology, but we allow his spirit to teach us and to reveal himself to us. So it's an openness to being taught. The third thing is, is that there we need to have a power of the pause in our lives. We need to lean in and stop and actually actively listen actively listen. It's something that I'm really bad. My wife is always saying, Sam, you just don't listen to me. I'm like, I hear the words. It's not just the words. It's the heart behind it. We read the Bible with the looking for the heart of God behind it. We, we, we don't try to read the Bible to, to formulate arguments against friends or people. It's not a weapon. If it's against the false idea, hey, go for it. But like, you, you need to check your heart. Why are we doing this? Let's lean in and hear God. And the f- last one is that we need to be captivated by God, amen, not held captive. Captivated by Him and what He is doing, what He's calling and drawing us into. The best is yet to come. Um, a couple of, three weeks ago, I was sitting at uh, Naturally Hooked having a coffee and um, I, I asked this gentleman if I could share and he's like, go for it. And um, we, we, we're sitting there having a coffee and 
I, I thought in my head, you know, we've met a couple of times, and I thought in my head, oh, there's, there's kind of no way this guy's like a long way off from coming to Christ. You know, intellectually, I'm like, oh, you know, all the arguments, he's like, oh, he's like, you know, we've got a long way. This is like a five-year plan for me. Let's, let's get him closer. And, um, and I just had this nudge in my heart. The Holy Spirit just said, just poked me. You know the Holy Spirit prod? It's like a cattle prod. It's just, just what you need. And um, just poked me as I had that thought. And I'm like, I just said to him, I said, I, this is kind of bizarre and kind of out there, but I really feel like I need to ask you, did you want to become a Christian? And he just turned around and said, well, actually, yeah, I was just wanting that. And, and it's just like, oh, well, okay, really cool. So I'm like, oh, well, what about now? And he's like, sure. So thank you, Naturally Hooked, for allowing us that moment. And we just prayed together. And I was just like, how good is this that God reveals and God is at work and he's prodding and poking and encouraging and this is the thing about the Holy Spirit. I don't understand it, but we need to listen and respond to it. It's His truth that He is revealing in His timing. Um, six days later, we were going for a run. I shared this with a couple of the guys in the church. Uh, I was running with Billy and uh, Matt Collier, and um, five o'clock in the morning, we were running past this bench, and we just stopped, and I just said, oh, like, I really feel like we need to pray for this guy uh, who's just made a faith, con- faith uh, journey, a commitment. And uh, so we stopped and prayed for him. And then we just pray that God would meet him and empower him and, and all that. And, um, and then we continued. After, after we got home from the run, and um, yeah, I, I got a text message and it's from, from this guy. And he said, hey, Sam, you'll never guess what happened. I'm like, oh, well, uh, tell me. Why. We were praying for you at 5 o'clock, so I'm guessing something happened. And he's like, I was driving my car at 5 o'clock in the morning on the, my way to work. And suddenly had this incredible experience I've never had before. I had this incredible um, rush of, of passion and peace in my life. Just, and I just started speaking in tongues. Now, I don't want to sort of start a sermon series on what that is and why and all that, um, but he, could, he, he, he was just overwhelmed with the Spirit of God. That he, He's like, God just gave me this language out of nowhere. I have no idea what it was. I just didn't want to stop it. It just wanted to keep coming out. And, um, and he, he had a copy. Oh, we, had, we caught up later, and he said, um, you know, I always thought that speaking in tongues was rubbish made up until it happened to me. And this is the thing, is that the Holy Spirit does some incredible things in our lives. We can't control the Holy Spirit, what He does. But He does bring freedom, and He brings change, and He brings transformation in our lives. But we need to lean into this and pray for each other. And my prayer for you is the same prayer that they pray for me, is that God would empower us with His Holy Spirit and bring us into His truth, would reveal to us what He wants to us in our lives and our, as a church and as a community. Do we, do we want that as a church? Do we, do we want the Holy Spirit to take hold of our church and lead and guide us? Because I'd, we'd be crazy to say no. So we've got to do these things. We've got to lean in and actively listen to God. Uh, 2 Timothy 1.6, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. This is Spirit alive. Let's not make the Holy Spirit a blind spot in our lives. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to reveal His truth to us and to bring about transformation. Let's lean in. Let me pray. Lord, I just, uh, 
I just thank you for your spirit, for giving us your advocate, your comforter, your peace. Lord, thank you that truth is not just an idea that's abstract and out there, but your truth is something we can experience and enter in on because of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord, today we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We want to give the Holy Spirit room to reign in our lives. We take hold of what you have for us. Lord, would your Spirit operate freely in amongst your people? And Lord, would we be obedient to your Spirit? Would we seek you? Uh, Lord, I pray that in our quiet times during the week, as we read your word, would your spirit leap out and speak to us, your living word. Lord, would we have revelation that only can come from you? Uh, Lord, would we be wise and discerning with these revelations? But Lord, would we lean into you? So Lord, I just pray a blessing over this church. I just pray an anointing over this church as people go out in their week. Uh, that we would be attentive to what your Spirit is saying to us. Thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.